Section six of Modern Magic. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Modern Magic A Practical Treatise on the Art of Conjuring by Professor Lewis Hoffman. Card Tricks with Ordinary Cards and Not Requiring Sleight of Hand. Part two The Whist Trick to deal yourself all the trumps. The cards being arranged as above mentioned, you may challenge any of the company to play a hand at whist with you. The cards are cut in the ordinary way, not shuffled. You yourself deal when, of course, the turn-up card falls to you. On taking up the cards, it will be found that each person has all the cards of one suit. But your own suit being that of the turn-up card is, of course, trumps, and having the whole thirteen, you must necessarily win every trick. The weak point of the feat is, that the cards being regularly sorted into the four suits, the audience can hardly help suspecting that the pack was prearranged beforehand. There is another and better mode of performing the trick by which you still hold all the trumps, but the three remaining players have the ordinary mixed hands. This method, however, involves sleight of hand, and would therefore be out of place in the present chapter. To allow a person to think of a card, and to make that card appear at such number in the pack as another person shall name. Allow the pack to be shuffled and cut as freely as the company please. When they are fully satisfied that the cards are well mixed, offer the pack to any of the spectators, and request him to look over the cards, and think of any one, and to remember the number at which it stands in the pack, reckoning from the bottom card upwards. You then remark, ladies and gentlemen, you will take particular notice that I have not asked a single question, and yet I already know the card, and if any one will kindly indicate the place in the pack at which you desire it to appear, I will at once cause it to take that position. I must only ask that, by arrangement between yourselves, you will make the number at which the card is to appear higher than that which it originally held. We will suppose that the audience decide that the card shall appear at number twenty-two carelessly remark, it is not even necessary for me to see the cards. So saying, hold the pack under the table, and rapidly count off twenty-two cards from the bottom of the pack, and place them on the top. Footnote. When the number named is more than half the total number of the pack, in other words, more than sixteen in a piquet pack, or more than twenty-six in a whist pack, it is quicker and has precisely the same effect, to count off the difference between that and the total number from the top, and place them at the bottom. Thus, in a piquet pack, if the number called be twelve, you would count off twelve from the bottom, and place them on the top. But if the number called were twenty-four, you would achieve the same object by counting eight from the top, and passing them to the bottom. End of footnote. You then continue. Having already placed the card thought of in the desired position, I may now, without suspicion, ask for the original number of the card, as I shall commence my counting with that number. We will suppose you are told the card was originally number ten. You begin to count from the top of the pack, calling the first card ten, the next eleven, and so on. When you come to twenty-two, the number appointed, you say, If I have kept my promise, this should be the card you thought of. To avoid the suspicion of confederacy, will you please say, before I turn it over, what your card was? The card being named, you turn it up, and show that it is the right one. 
In all tricks which depend on the naming of a card drawn or thought of, it adds greatly to the effect to have the card named before you turn it up. This trick, unlike most, will bear repetition, but it is well on a second performance to vary it a little. Thus you may on the second occasion say, when the card has been thought of, I will choose for myself this time. Your card will appear at number thirty. It is desirable to name a number very near the total number of the pack, which we are now supposing to be a piquet pack, as the difference between that and the total number being very small, it is easy to see at a glance the number of cards representing such difference, and pass them to the bottom of the pack. You take in this instance two cards only, that being the difference between thirty and thirty-two, and pass them to the bottom, when the card will, as you have announced, be the thirtieth. If you are able to make the pass, you will of course avail yourself of it to transfer the requisite number of cards to the top or bottom of the pack. THE CARDS REVEALED BY THE LOOKING-GLASS This is rather a joke than a feat of magic, but it will create some fun, and may often be kept up for some time without being discovered. Take up your position on one side of the room, facing a good-sized mirror or chimney-glass. Make your audience stand or sit facing you, when they will, of course, have their backs to the glass. Offer the cards to be shuffled and cut. Take the top card and hold it high up, with its back to you and its face to the audience. As it will be reflected in the mirror opposite you, you will have no difficulty in naming it, or any other card in like manner, till your audience either find you out or have had enough of the trick. To guess four cards thought of by different persons. Offer the pack to be shuffled. Place it on the table, and taking off the four top cards with the right hand, offer them to any person, and ask him to notice one of them, shuffle them, and return them to you. When they are returned, place them face downwards in your left hand. Take the next four cards and offer them to another person in like manner. Proceed in like manner with the third and fourth group of four. When all the sixteen cards are returned, deal them out in four heaps face upwards. Ask each person in which heap his card now is. That of the first person will be the uppermost of his heap. That of the second person second in his heap, and so on. It will sometimes occur that two of the cards chosen are in the same heap, but the rule will still apply. Should there be three persons only to choose, you should give them three cards each, and deal in three heaps. THE PAIRS REPAIRED After performing the last trick, you may continue, As you have not yet found me out, I will repeat the experiment, but in a slightly altered form. This time I will invite you to think of two cards each, and all present may join if they please. After giving the pack to be shuffled, you deal out twenty cards face upwards, but placing them in couples. Invite as many of the company as please to note any particular couple they think fit, and to remember those two cards. When they have done so, gather up the cards, picking them up here and there in any order you please, taking care, however, that none of the pairs are separated. You now deal them out again, face upwards, in rows of five, according to the following formula, mutus dedit nomen cosis, which being interpreted signifies, mutus gave a name to the cosi, a people as yet undiscovered. On examining the sentence closely, you will observe that it consists of ten letters only, M-U-T-S-D-E-I-N-O. 
O-C, each twice repeated. This gives you the clue to the arrangement of the cards, which will be as follows. M-1, U-2, T-3, U-2, S-4, D-5, E-6, D-5, I-7, T-3, N-8, O-9, M-1, E-6, N-8, C-10, O-9, C-10, I-7, S-4. You must imagine the four words printed as above upon your table. You must deal your first card upon the imaginary M in mutus, and the second on the imaginary M in nomen, the two next cards on the two imaginary U's, the two next on the two T's, and so on. You have now only to ask each person in which row his two cards now appear, and you will at once know which they are. Thus, if a person says his two cards are now in the second and fourth rows, you will know that they must be the two cards representing the two eyes, that being the only letter common to those two rows. If a person indicates the first and fourth rows, you will know that his cards are those representing the two S's, and so on. THE MAGIC TRIPLETS This trick is precisely similar in principle to the last, but twenty-four instead of twenty cards are used and they are dealt in triplets instead of pairs. After the spectators have made their selection, you take up the cards as directed for the last trick, taking care to keep the respective triplets together. You then deal them in rows of six, the formula in this case being Levini, Lanata, Leveti, Novoto. Another mode of discovering a card thought of. Have the pack well shuffled. Then deal twenty-five cards in five rows of five cards each, face upwards. Invite a person to think of a card, and to tell you in which row it is. Note in your own mind the first or left-hand card of that row. Now pick up the cards in vertical rows, in other words beginning from the last card of the last row, placing that card face upwards on the last of the next row, those two on the last of the next row, and so on. When you have picked up all the cards in this manner, deal them out again in the same way as at first. You will observe that those cards which at first formed the first cards of each row now themselves form the first row. Ask the person in which row his card now is. When he has told you, look to the top row for the first card of the original row, when the card thought of will be found in a direct line below it. As you have just been told in which lateral row it is, you will not have the least difficulty in discovering it, and by a slight effort of memory you may even allow several persons each to think of a card and name it. A comparison of the subjoined tables, showing the original and subsequent order of the cards, will explain the principle of the trick. First order. Horizontally. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Second order. Vertically. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 
eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one twenty two twenty three twenty four twenty five thus we will suppose you are told that the card thought of is originally in the third line remember the first or key card of that line designated in the table as eleven if the card is in the fourth line after the second deal you look to the top line for the key card and on finding it you have only to observe which card in the fourth row is immediately beneath it to be sure that the card in this instance designated by number fourteen is the card thought of you may perform the trick with either sixteen twenty-five thirty-six or forty-nine cards either of those being a square number and thus making the number of cards in a row equal to the number of rows which is essential to the success of the trick to guess by the aid of a passage of poetry or prose such one of sixteen cards as in the performer's absence has been touched or selected by the company this feat is performed by confederacy the assistance of the confederate being open and avowed but the mode in which the clue is given constituting the mystery you allow the pack to be shuffled and then deal sixteen cards the first that come to hand either face upwards or face downwards in four rows on the table the sole preparation on the part of yourself and your confederate is to commit to memory the following simple formula animal vegetable mineral verb signifying respectively one two three and four you retire from the room while the card is chosen your confederate remaining upon your return your confederate selects and hands for your perusal a passage in any book which the audience may select only taking care that the first word in such passage which comes within either of the four categories above mentioned shall be such as to represent the number of the row in which the card is and that the second word which comes within either of those categories shall represent the number at which the card stands in that row we will suppose for instance that the passage handed to the performer is that portion of hamlet's soliloquy commencing oh that this too too solid flesh would melt here the first word which comes within either of the four categories is flesh which being clearly animal one indicates that the chosen card is in the first row the second word coming within either of the categories is melt which being a verb four indicates that the chosen card is the fourth of its row had the passage been to be or not to be that is the question the two verbs would have indicated that the card was the fourth of the fourth row how doth the little busy bee etc would have indicated the first of the fourth row and so on with a little tact and ingenuity on the part of the operators this may be made an admirable trick and unlike most others will bear being repeated the mystery becoming deeper as passages of varying character and different length are employed to detect without confederacy which of four cards has been turned round in your absence it will be found upon examining a pack of cards that the white margin round the court cards almost invariably differs in width at the opposite ends the difference is frequently very trifling but is still sufficiently noticeable when pointed out and may be made available for a trick which though absurdly simple has puzzled many you place four court cards of the same rank say four queens in a row face upwards 
taking care that the wider margins of the cards are all one way. You then leave the room and invite the company to turn round, lengthways, during your absence, any one or more of the cards. On your return you can readily distinguish which card has been so turned, as the wider margin of such card will now be where the narrower margin was originally, and vice versa. There is so little chance of the trick being discovered, that you may, contrary to the general rule, repeat it if desired. Should you do so, it is better not to replace the cards already turned, as this might give a clue to the secret, but carefully note in your own mind their present position, by remembering which you can discover any card turned just as easily as at first. To arrange twelve cards in rows in such a manner that they will count four in every direction. This is rather a puzzle than a conjuring trick, but may sometimes serve as an interlude to occupy the minds of your audience while you are preparing some other feat. The secret is to place nine of the twelve cards in three rows, so as to form a square. Then place the remaining three cards as follows, the first on the first card of the first row, the second on the second card of the second row, and the last on the third card of the last row. To place the aces and court cards in four rows, in such a manner that neither horizontally nor perpendicularly shall there be in either row two cards alike either in suit or value. This also is a puzzle, and a very good one. The key to it is to begin by placing four cards of like value, say four kings, in a diagonal line from corner to corner of the intended square, then four other cards of like value, say the four aces, to form the opposite diagonal. It must be borne in mind that of whatever suit the two center kings are, the two aces must be of the opposite suits. Thus, if the two center kings are those of diamonds and hearts, the two center aces must be those of clubs and spades. And in adding the two end aces, you must be careful not to place at either end of the line an ace of the same suit as the king at the corresponding end of the opposite diagonal. Having got so far, you will find it a very easy matter to fill the remaining cards in accordance with the conditions of the puzzle. The sixteen cards when complete will be as in figure thirty-two, subject of course to variation according to the particular cards with which you commence your task. THE CONGRESS OF COURT CARDS Take the kings, queens, and knaves from the pack, and place them face upwards on the table in three rows of four each, avoiding as much as possible the appearance of arrangement, but really taking care to place them in the following order. In the first row you have only to remember not to have two of the same suit. Begin the second row with a card of the same suit with which you ended the first. Let the second card be of the same suit as the first of the first row, the third of the same suit as the second of the first row, and so on. The third row will now begin with the suit with which the second left off. The second card will be of the same suit as the first of the second row, and so on. Now pick up the cards in vertical rows, beginning with the last card of the bottom row. The cards may now be cut, not shuffled, any number of times, but if dealt in four heaps, the king, queen, and knave of each suit will come together. End of section 6